Forgotten Liam versus Evil. So, what's Thomas Cook and Jerry McCann got in common? They'll take you on holiday, but they won't bring you home. Right. No? Mean man. <laughs> too soon? Mean. Far too soon. I think everybody <laughs> out there that's lost a holiday. <laughs> or lost their job, more importantly, so stop complaining <laughs> that you can't go to Benidorm for two days. There's people that did are no see, longer employed. Did you see this tweet? There was, there was a tweet on, um, obviously on Twitter, and, they, and like the person said, uh, having a... Having a a crisis here trying to find the best outfit going to like a I think we're going to some kind of church thing going to a church and I'm not sure whether I'm walking the doors and bursting into flames or whether I'll find the best outfit and somebody just replied and says honestly 20,000 people have lost their jobs at Tom's Cook and this is the most important thing in your life it was just a random person replied like saying that it's like how did you get to Thomas Cook for me worrying about money on Saturday do you know what I mean this like, is the reasons I love Twitter yeah. It's a fabulous place at oh, times. It truly, truly is. Uh, so, why well, start this episode with uh, a little apology of sorts? Yeah, no disclaimer. Last week we were talking about a song that contained the words Fire in the Sky and we said it was Jimi Hendrix because we were testing you all. Mm-hmm. We obviously knew it was Deep Purple. Obviously. We're not idiots. We knew it was Smoke on the Water. It was a test and you all passed. Congratulations, you're on to the next step. Definitely wasn't just a brain fart or brain melt, but the internet has let us know that we are wrong. <laughs> that's yeah, you, that's one of the good things the internet's for, you know. Yeah. They will put your mistakes. As if you've never listened to the show before, we are always wrong, <laughs> always. Uh, welcome to Scott Liam vs Evil, where we are always wrong. I am Liam, and I am Scott, and this is episode one hundred and nine, and it's Scott's pick, and. Boy, was this a good one. Well, see, this is the thing. Again, as always, it was a panic pick. I uh, I jumped onto Netflix like yesterday, I think, or the day before, and just went and seen it. Was the yeah, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> went yesterday, had a browse through and seen that that was, that was new on it. Uh, I was on Netflix on the Xbox, so it gives me wee short trailers. It's just wee clips from the movie. And uh, I thought, you know what? That doesn't actually look that bad. Let's go with that. Let's go Hellfest. Um, so that's, that's why I picked it. I wish you'd start actually watching the movies before you picked them. Just because. <laughs> is there any synopsis for this this movie? Yeah, uh, there is. So it's from 2018. It's directed by Gregory Plotkin. Uh, it's written by Seth M. Sherwood and Blair Butler and four others. Can't bother reading that. And the synopsis is a mass serial killer turns a horror-themed amusement park into his own personal playground, terrorising a group of friends while the rest of the patrons believe that it is all part of the show. That's very good synopsis. Uh, it's available on Netflix UK at the minute if you want to watch it. If you want to watch it. Yeah. Also, um, Tony, Tony Todd is in this, so that's good, right? In theory, yes. <laughs> <laughs> in practice, we'll see. We'll so see. We'll, play the, we'll play this trailer and then we'll jump into what this movie is, why it is, and why Scott picked it. Mm. The depths of hell! 
It's Halloween. I got us VIP passes to help us. What is that? It's a traveling horror night. Has horror mazes in it. We <laughs> will totally lose it in there. Yeah. It's gonna be fun, right? <laughs> Why are we signing a waiver? Well, because the liability is. Hey, bitch. A couple years ago, some girl got totally gutted. Killer left her body in the park for three days. They thought she was a freaking prop. Some people are just evil. They walk amongst. Shut up! You think you're scaring me? No. Move. Look, the more scared you seem, the more they're gonna come after you. You have to just play it cool. Help me! Please help me! <laughs> Do it. That was insane, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, fuck real. <laughs> that same guy's been following us the entire oh. night. You take your job too seriously. This really isn't funny, dude. Scared, right? I can't arrest people for doing their job. Welcome to Hellfest. Hello? Hey, can you let me out of here? metal thing in the whole entire world, do you not think so? Yeah, the concept of it, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. It sounds incredible. Sounds so metal. This so basically this group of college kids. College yeah. kids. They they're going it's Halloween and they're going to kind of haunted walk through um fest, basically. Um haunted walkthroughs alright, let's talk about them first. They are brilliant. They're terrifying but I think it weighs up as a fun experience over a shit one. You know, I, I absolutely love being scared. Like that haunted uh, hillbilly walkthrough in the woods we done, like, me and Lauren done last year. And uh, that, the glow, Glasgow thing that they done, there was a kind of scary part to that. We're going back to Glasgow this year and um, there's a, a haunted, like, walkthrough uh, M&Ds. Too much yes. fun for just one day. So that's, I mean, <laughs> I love this. I love it. I'm sorry, you're honestly going to do a haunted walkthrough of M&D's. Do you it's like the car parks and stuff where all the doggers are? It's like a... <laughs> it's like a that, dog. Would, that, would be, that would be horrific. That would be <laughs> probably the worst haunted walkthrough I'd ever been in. No, Just getting involved in some four-way in the back of a Volvo with three old men for the bowling club. Happy Halloween! Yeah, it doesn't even need to be Halloween for that. Um... <laughs> But there's, do you know, there are, there are a few haunted walkthroughs this year, like in, in and around Scotland in this year. Like that, that one, like I said, Glasgow is bigger this year. That one out um, in the woods that we've done last year is bigger this year. M&D's has got hundreds on, even though it's like it's a scare walkthrough. It's like a escape, a scare thing. It's like a zombie thing, I think, that M&D's. I just totally love that Halloween seems to be getting bigger and bigger over here for scary stuff, you know, rather than just like guys in fancy dress club nights, which have been about for years. But um, mm. yeah, I just love it. So it's quite an easy thing to start as a business, though. 
you basically just find some like woods and lure people through it and just get folk to jump out and that's yeah. you, you're done. Well, I mean, I, I tried to look into it a couple of years ago, I'm sure. I might have even told you this idea I was going to hit. You know how when you get like the buildings in, in Glasgow, it's like to let office space and just like, just, I just rent a whole floor somewhere. Just turn it into like a big maze. <laughs> you know? Uh, but uh, a maze with like we what just walls like yeah, it's, like, a, it's no, a walled like, off like, maze pro- like props and, and haunted actors scare actors and stuff mm. it seems to be a pretty big fucking float, uh, ground floor ground floor just a, a pretty big floor well because there used to be one remember we were in the horseshoe bar and there was one across the road that time we were with Duncan and Barry and yeah. it was like we were in the horseshoe bar and the sun was still up and they seen it across the road and I went outside to try and phone them to see if we could go in and go through it I mean that's not much. Uh, that's not much. A maze, Scott. That room is probably like fucking a hundred square foot. Aye, but it probably it would have been good, but it already closed down. So obviously the business model was a bit shit. <laughs> Whereas yours is going to be better. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, if I ever go and do it, it will be. However, right. This... What, what, what would you call? What would you call your scare ride? Three, two, one. Hellfest. Yeah. What? Aye, right. It something that's not the name of the movie that we're talking about. Um, Scott scare. Uh, Scott, um, I don't know. What do you think it should be? Scott, Scott will scare you. How about that? Scott will scare you. Com. Go to Scott will scare you. Com and you will be, you'll be scared. <laughs> I can picture you dressed like Big Sully from Monsters Inc. And it's basically just to scare kids. <laughs> you just creep in and just Scott will scare you. They're the easiest ones to scare, so. At least, yeah. I'll be, at, least, at least I'll be right. Now, I tell you what, as much as I love uh, haunted walkthroughs, uh, I wouldn't fancy getting stabbed in a haunted walkthrough though, because that would be pretty shit. Yeah, I wouldn't fancy getting stabbed no. anywhere. No, I don't think uh, I wouldn't. So, let's, mm. this, this movie. So, I think we get we get this kind of introduction to a, a, a haunted walkthrough where somebody gets stabbed, and it's supposed to have happened a couple of years ago, so that's just the lead in that somebody has been murdered in a, in a, in a haunted walkthrough. Then we get introduced to our main characters who are in college and you had to text me last night when you were watching it saying I'm 15 minutes in and already I hate everybody. I was watching it with that in mind. So the, the characters come in and get used to Basically, we've got this main character. Well, not a main character. We've got one character, Brooke, who has went to college and now has a new friend with short hair who's dead energetic, dead hyper, dead, thinks she's dead funny. And she invites her old friend from like grade school to come and join them. Who, is, who doesn't really hang out with him anymore because Brooks moved on. And that's the dynamic. The old friend is worried that she's losing Brooke to the college friends and this this is this is kind of where we're at. So we walk in and they say that um that the the uh, the grade school is is like doesn't party with them, and then she's like, Why are you studying for exams just now? It's October, it's Halloween, save that for December. And the girl says, ah, I kind of need to keep my scholarship. And uh, college lassie says, you kind of need to get laid. And I'm like, fuck. Hmm. I says, I don't think the two are comparable. Why is it 2019 and this movie is still running the trope that you can either stick in at school or party? Book smart hit it right in the head that you can do both. Life is balance. You can get your jollies and still pass your exams. So honestly, the only thing more boring than actually watching this, this film was hearing you scene by scene describe the story <laughs> of this film. <laughs> uh, you, so I, you didn't like these people straight away? I did did not like these people at all. What, what was at it all. about them that you didn't like? 
the, there was there was nobody likable. So you had the book smart one who was so up her own ass that uh, yeah, she's way better than the wee college one. Wee college one just thinks she's got to be mental. So I was like, right, inst- instantly I want you two to die. The the hot one it was her name Brooke. She's quite hot. I was like, right, I'm willing to see, I'm willing to follow you and see see what happens. And then she pulled out that wee necklace and they did that stupid thing like, can't be mad, can't be mad. And I was like, oh my god. It's like Sweet Valley High. And I said, sorry, now I hate her. And then they introduced the boyfriends. And can you tell them apart? Can you differentiate between them? Apart from one being Asian. No, you can't. He wasn't Asian, he was Hispanic. He was, he was Asian. His name was... Uh, what was his name? Asher. No, it wasn't Asher, it was... Asher was the Asian one. What was, what was their names? Asher. Quinn. I don't fucking... Asher Quinn. Gavin. And I don't think his name was Asher. They called him something. They called him like uh, Ricardo or something like that. They called him like a... Asian friend? No, honestly, like I wish I'd wrote that down because... Um, anyway, I guess it doesn't matter. Right? Whatever, it doesn't matter. You know? But there was, the there was very... I didn't, there was... I didn't see... His, his ethnicity, I just seen a, a human being. <laughs> well, there was very little like character backstory to them, it was just to set up here are the couples and now let's follow them into this thing. It just, I was like, oh my god, these are all born, they're all born, keep going. I should point out before I went to watch this, I was like, I was sitting with Leah, I went, right, I'm going out to get a smoke. And she's like, oh, I'm really in the mood. And I was like, right, fuck it, fine, I'll sit there. So I was in a wee bit of a mood. So I think I went into this expecting, like, I'm going to find everything that's wrong with it and I'm going to point it out. I, like, I want to hate this film. So I think that's the attitude I've come into it with. That's the wrong attitude to go into anything with. You go into every film every fucking week with that attitude that I pick. I see this thing, but you pick bad movies, so. No, I don't pick bad movies. Well, in fact, you can, you're not... I like to say that right now, <laughs> since we're talking about one of the bad movies you've picked. Uh, but yeah, none of them are likable. Well, so fuck this movie, man. <laughs> they, they, they all head out to, to Hellfest, and see they're, they're all kind of walking towards the kind of front gate, and I'm like, these people are all too hyped up. But I guess they're excited for a night out, because I was right hyped up for Saturday that I ran for the train. <laughs> You'd have run for the train? You text yeah. me saying you were, how sweaty you were. I was really looking sweaty, man. Um... So they get to the front, the front, uh, the front gate, and I can't remember which one. As one of the boys says, uh, "Hey, we are, we're, we're VIP." I think it's Gavin. He's like, "We're VIP." I was like, "How do you VIP at a haunted walkthrough? What exactly is it in Hellfest that there's enough for a VIP?" And then they go in through the front door, and I'm like, "You know what? Actually, wow, that looks the tits. Like for real, it looks the yeah. tits. It's like a proper festival, and it's millions of different mazes and all different theme mazes all around." Yeah. So who's funding this giant? Amusement park. Yeah, and well, I, yeah, exactly. I don't for one about... night, for for one night only to go to that expense for one night only. It's I would well, I would fund it. Well, not fund it personally, but I would pay money to go inside it to, to help fund it. Signs up in the queues for the ride saying forty-five minute queue, one hour queue, an hour and a half queue. It's only one night. You get there at what seven o'clock. You're only going three rides. Think about the money you spent in a Hellfest ticket, and you're queuing up. Apart from the fucking four lasses or three lasses and three guys that get VIP, <laughs> it's a stupid concept. Stupid. <laughs> I, I, yeah, 
I suppose. They, they go to the bar, there's a bar inside Hellfest, and they go to the bar and they're like, it's time for shots! And I'm like, it's never time for shots. My watch n- never says shots, but too often others' watches are set to shots time, and I get forced along. This is this is an example. So I could relate to this situation that was happening just now in the movie. Whereas I thought, nobody goes in and does shots right away. You start with a pint. Maybe a couple of pints. Then somebody comes in and says shots. You never just go to a party and go, right, come on, let's go and get a shot. You have one shot and then continue your night. So yeah. I, my head at this point is going, well, that's stupid. No, nobody has <laughs> shot us straight away. So I don't believe this. I still want them all to die. <laughs> do, do you know what? There, but there should be more horror-themed bars, though. You know, that one in Prague we went to. That was good. Yeah, it was quite good. Yeah, but definitely be more horror-themed bars. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> remember, remember Frankenstein's in town? Yeah, Frankenstein's... Well, I went in once, yeah, but I was too. underage, and I lasted, like, quarter of a pint, and then uh, somebody clocked me, and I got chucked out. Yeah, I think uh, I was only in once of that. But I believe at 10 o'clock every night, Frankenstein, there was, a, there was like, a moving parts. Frankenstein would come out and moving on that. And I never, I never seen it, but that I, sounds I that, amazing. That would have been good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Maybe we should start a horror theme bar. I think we've talked about this before. We have, yes. At length. It's going to be called The Devil's Back Porch and it's going to be based on what it looks like in the movie The Stand when they sit on her back porch when it's supposed to be outside but it's clearly inside. So is that how we sell a bar? Yeah. You'll think you're inside. You think you're outside but you're clearly inside. Yeah. And it'll be yeah. like kind of cabinet-esque, Evil Dead-ish. Honestly, I don't think you're going to get the the finances needed from the bank for this one. Maybe a catcher tagline. I'll work out my pitch. Yeah. Um, so this is somewhere along this this route just now they talk about the Deadlands and this is the part of Hellfest because Hellfest must be fucking massive like genuinely massive and the Deadlands is the part where the horror maze actors can touch you I was like this is kind of like a similar setup to like Houses October built only just like not found footage and they're not filming mm-hmm. it you know like that's what it seemed like just now like there's they're getting to like the proper like like McKamey Manor and that's, would you go to McKamey Manor you know that one in that you see the video, you see the YouTube video for it every year, but you're like, does people actually go to this? If somebody walked up to you in the street and said, "If you sign this, saying that I'm allowed to do what I want, I can hit you," I wouldn't sign it. So see if I go, going, just sign this, and we are going to touch you, and we are going to like torture you. And anyone who's willing to actually sign that is a clown. <laughs> yeah, they definitely, they're definitely fucked up, man. Got daddy issues and and whatnot. Yeah, like why, why? Why would you sign it for somebody who's allowed to just like beat you up, tickle your nipples and that? <laughs> Do you know what the worst would thing you... could possibly be? See if they tied me up and tickled my feet. I think they could do way worse than that. No, no, honest. honestly, if you like people, like ninety nine percent of everybody in the whole entire world, his feet is tickly, and it's not even like tickly because it's not good, or even just tickle me anywhere. See when somebody's tickling <laughs> you, it's like it's not, it's not, it's. People think you laugh when you get tickled. It's like an impulse reaction. You cannot help it. Getting tickled is literally the worst kind of torture in the whole entire world. I swear to God. See if you got like CIA agents or fucking Guantanamo Bay guys, like like terrorists for 9-11, tickle their feet. They'll be like, that fucking tell you ever and straight away. They'll be like, George Bush tell us the day. Honestly, he did, he did. <laughs> telling you. Tickle somebody's feet. They'll tell you ever you want to know. So, you going to a haunted house that's full of your nightmares would be totally different than me going to a haunted not house full of nightmares. Not. 
honestly the scariest thing they could do to you is being tied up and tickled I'm going to tackle I do think I have to think somebody's going to come in and gang rape me (laughs) (laughs) and you are like as long as they don't tie up and tickle me I can handle anything else they are going to come in and somebody's going to fuck me in the ass and I'm not up for that uh, so back to the movie at this point we're just kind of seeing people walk around and our main characters are like ran away excited for something and we see a different group of girls walking past and this girl gets a kind of she she this this boy with a mask on bumps into this girl with a stripy top and she's like what is it with all these assholes think you're scaring me no move I'm like why go to Hellfest if you're going to be a bitch about it? You know, just enjoy yourself. Just fucking let go. I mean, you've paid money again, and they're trying to scare you. Now you're just fucking, you know, being a dick for the sake of it. Nobody thinks you're cool. <laughs> but as they find out, that was just to introduce a character so we knew who to look for later on. Yeah. But yeah, no, I can't tell you. You can't wait till yeah, like, I mean, they die. Yeah, that's fine. Like She she was annoying anyway. She was literally annoying. But see, mm-hmm. the short-haired lassie, this is the college friend. Yeah. She's she's the type of pal that it's fine if she's in your group, but if she's in the group that says sitting at the next table to you, you would just be like, she just annoy the fuck at you all night, or like you would just be like, does they get drunker and drunker? Just be like, don't don't come and involve me in any of your shite. And <laughs> if it's like, and then you got then you start to think, don't start a fight with anybody, please. Do you know what I mean? That kind of person. But if she's in your group, you're like, I ah, know it's fine. It's just you know, they're always yeah. like that. An acquired taste because yeah. you've grew you've grew up with them, you know what they're like, you can deal with it, but nobody else can. Yeah. Yeah. But do you want but I, I do think I feel like these people they, they seemed real when they were going around the maze. Do you know that? Like you're saying that you hate the people and you don't believe them, but I felt I really did feel like they were believable. Nah nah. Especially the bits that start to come up where he disappears to winner a teddy. Well, and actually, like he's already he's already getting fired right in there. Yeah, I he's know. Getting a, he's getting in about it, and then he decides to at the at the most romantic bit where you're sharing a ride to hell. You decide to go and try and win her a teddy that you already spent forty quid on, and no manage to win. What that, kind of that, idiot dick move is that? That yeah, that decision is pretty daft in retrospect because you were already you'd already pulled her. You'd definitely pulled her again. Why did yeah. he fuck off? She was well game for it. She was in the photo booth taking pictures and being like, yeah, man, I'm well in there. But I, I believe they're flirting in the photo booth, do you know? Yeah. A wee bit, yeah. Give them that. So this the, is... the acting was okay No, I in some act- parts. I thought the acting was really, really good. Like, I, I, I do... Th- Think, I think, like, see when you're going through some of the maze, some of the mazes, I think, that's, like, just filming the reactions, because you're walking through a scary maze, you know, there's, it could have been just set up to film reactions, you're getting kind of real frights, you know they're coming, so you're getting, like, a wee half frights in that, and you're, do you know I mean, mm-hmm. so it seems as if it was kind of real. The, um, so it's, I think it's during this maze that the, the girl we've just seen, the stripy girl, the bitch girl, she comes running out, and then she's like, no, no, he's, please, he's chasing me, but our three girls think that it's part of the act, and then she runs into this, like, cupboard and then the boy comes out and stares at them the one with the mask on that's obviously the killer and the lassies are like well this is a bit different from you know the base we've just been in and then eventually our main character goes well you know get back to the program your guy the lassie you're chasing's in there points her out and then basically 
goes to like stab her in front of them, and when our other two, you know, Brooke and our college pal, are like, nah, man, this is doing tense. We're out. We're going to the next room. Our main character, grade school, just stands and stares and goes, "We'll go then, stab her." And he does. Fucking just stabs her right there. I'm like, would you think that was part of the act? Would you think it was just an extreme part, or do you think it would be hard to fake someone being killed right in front of you? Do you think you could tell the difference if it was like practically done well, or do you think it would be like impossible? No, yeah, I think it would be impossible especially like a stabbing you'd be able to see it going in yeah to fake that right, right in front of your eyes and yeah and nobody's that good an actor that they could convince you they're actually dead like yeah you you would know they were acting or not yeah, yeah. and the acting in this movie is very like it, it's okay if this was a a, a, a program or a movie on the Disney channel like see if it was for tween tweeny boppers all the characters and the acting very much fit into that. Like, the wee lassie with the short hair, you can imagine her being the sidekick in Lizzie McGuire. That's what these characters felt like, and I was like, that's not what I'm expecting from a movie called Hellfest. It's <laughs> going to be this fucking practical effect, gore-laden horror romp. And now I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I'm just watching iCarly. No, I didn't. Uh, iCarly I, 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 I on a ghost train. I to- no, I totally I totally believed it. We so we've got after after she just witnessed that last being stabbed, then they came out and that's when um Gavin and Grade School go into the photo booth and that's when they're flirting, believe it, and then they start spooching. But the killer so he's wearing one of the masks that we've seen we've we've now realised or at some point we realised that this is a mask that's getting used within Hellfest so that they think they're not entirely sure if he's part of the act or not, so they they can't really work it out. But he stands outside the photo booth and then nicks their photos. And, this, and then this Brooke, who I think might be the least believable, the like the least strong act, 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 uh, actor, but she chases after the guy that stole their photos. And I think that's that's. I mean, that just that's not that believable. Would you chase after the guy? But she chases him like behind behind, behind the scenes. But what's also not believable about this is that our pals don't follow her quickly. Like she's in there for about a good minute and a half, and this is the guy's like singing a wee song and staring at her and stuff. And you're like, right, this is creepy. Even if he has paid to be here, this is still well creepy. But it takes like her boyfriend at least like a good, you know, three or four minutes to come in after her. You would go straight. You'd be like, you know what I mean? It would be straight after her. Yeah, I think it's just symbolic of how slow the movie's actually going at this point as well. I don't, I don't, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't believe it. So, so that, that scene could have been cut so much shorter. Why are they just staring at each other, like you say, for three or four minutes? Just have them staring, being a bit tense, and have everybody run in and the guy disappear. That's way more believable than just standing staring at him thinking, right, what will I do? Will I stay at this scary man or will I run away? It's... I'm like, oh my God, fucking do something. <laughs> no, but I think it keeps it believable. Like, it doesn't take it to the realm of, like, impossibility. It keeps it like it could actually be, be happening. This... Next part is good. So this is this is where they're going to go. This is when they're going the right to hell, and I believe it's like the, the right to hell is like a ghost train that takes them to to hell, basically. But when they get to hell, it's that's them in the badlands or the deadlands, where obviously all the actors can touch you. So this is when it gets the extreme. So this is like you know taking it up to the next level. <laughs> this is the molesty part of the park. <laughs> this is yeah. <laughs> this is um. This is where Gavin says, right, do you know what, you just go ahead, I'll meet you at the front of the line. And 
like this, like you've, you've already mentioned, he's away, so he's already been playing the carnival games. He's shite at them. He's not one in, but you never do because they're a fix. The fucking carnival guys are robbing bastards, and they do it on purpose. That's not a generalisation on the entire group of people. Carnival people are anybody can work at the carnival. You don't need to be a gypsy to work at the carnival. But they're fixed. Are you dedicating this to all the kids out there that have always dreamed of being a carnival worker but are sad that they're not gypsies? Yeah. <laughs> um, Good guys, just keep believing. Yeah. So he goes back, he tries to just say, look, I've... The thing is, he goes back and he says, look, I've, I've spent like 50 bucks on this game, going to just give him one of the toys and the boy's like, ah, nah. Instead he goes and says, oh, right, I've, you know, I've been here, I've, 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 uh, I've, um, I've spent 50 bucks. What if I give you another 20 bucks and you just give me one? Do you know what I mean? He didn't say I'm going to give you more money. He just hey, says, but, I've, what I've already spent, give me one. And he'd be like, no, mate. No, I think MD in real life would still give you one. You see them do it like if a kid's playing it and don't win and they still get a teddy. The teddies and stuff like that cost like eight pence. Yeah, I know. So and that's, it'd still that's do why it. it's a fix. I don't and think it would. I don't, like, I don't think movie's not believable. No, they wouldn't give you <laughs> one. Anyway, so at some I don't know. What does he do? Does he. I can't remember how he finds himself. He, he walks, he starts walking past the wee cabin and he sees a guy coming out holding some teddies just conveniently at that time. And the guy's in the walkie talkie and he's like, Oh, how are you for stock? And he says, Oh, it doesn't matter. It's okay. We've got uh, plenty of soft toys back in the locker. So then our guy turns around and goes, Ooh, that must be the locker. And he goes in to try to get some teddies. Right. At this point, it's like fucking 15 minutes into the movie and you're like, Come on. Come on, I'm just now watching a guy get a teddy bear now. But did you not, this is when, so this is when Gavin meets his end, did you not think that this was fantastic? This bit, I did say, okay, what's about to happen was pretty cool. <laughs> the killer comes out and uses a ridiculous circus-style weapon, like a big, huge mallet, you know, like the one that you're using like, to hit the the ping machine, like, the, you know, the strongman machines. Yeah, yeah. It's a big mallet of that. It is ridiculous over the top and I did not expect them to go that way at all since the boy's just been stabbing cunts before now he's come up with this big mallet and he properly it is a bit daft but he just smashes him right in the face as he's lying down I think he's even lying on the game I don't know and he bangs the mallet down on him and it's, it's a good practical effect his head all smashes in but albeit it was it was a bit brief mm-hmm. he didn't really get a good look at his head the head trauma Um, but you know what I was sad that he died because I liked the, those two characters together, smooching and that. That's just because you wanted to see a couple of the young TD boppers smooch, you pervert. But uh, the, the mallet thing was well done, it looked good, and I, I actually got a wee bit excited thinking, right, this is it, this is the movie that I've been waiting on, this is now going to perk up, and we're now going to see loads of these type of practical kills, and it's going to be amazing. The, and then we didn't get that, did we? I guess I can coming from there. I can exp- I can understand why you'd be maybe annoyed at the next. It, all it of did, the kills. It did totally surprise me that they killed him. Like, that yeah. was uh, something different as well. So I thought that like, him and the the book smart girl are definitely going to last to the end. That's yeah. a given. So when they killed him first, I thought, okay, bold move, cool kill, right? Okay, I, I'm listening. I'm watching. Yeah, they did. They they, they done it in a, diff, a different order, um, so it was kind of cool. So we're back. So after we've seen him being killed, we're back to our characters who are at the front of this queue for this ghost train. 
and this is the point where the so the, the killer's taking Gavin's phone and texts her back and says, I've got a surprise for you and all that. So she thinks, well, what the fuck is he, man? He's just talking about that. Um, the two of them jump, two of them jump on the first ghost train and drives away. And then Brooke and her boyfriend go to jump on and grade schools, ah, you got to leave me. And the boyfriend goes, Gavin, I sure does, he would be here. So we're just going to leave you here and go on ahead. Cool. Bye. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, he doesn't actually say that, but I'm like, you've just literally just dinged her at the front of this queue. And I, just, a, a massive festival. <laughs> yeah. So then she just jumps on herself and goes, rides solo. But so then you see these two couples, they're just heavy smooching throughout this ride. I'm like, pay attention for fuck's sake. A lot of efforts went into this ghost train to make everything look cool. <laughs> No? The, 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 you're just sad you're just sad at this part because the people aren't loving the ghost train yeah enough <laughs> and then obviously um, grade school's sitting doing it herself yeah, yeah, really sad for her yeah she's sitting through herself but seriously though see the murder aside Hellfest does seem like a fucking brilliant time I would go there in a second see if it, see if it came here see if there was a Hellfest right here proper big festival Right, let's go to the practicalities of this. Imagine that you've been to Teen the Park or Download, mm-hmm. yeah? Yeah. Um, imagine that size of crowd at the main stage on like a, a Friday night or Saturday night. Imagine that size of crowd all queuing up for, what was it, four mazes and a ghost train. Cool. <laughs> all in one night. You say that's a fun time. Yeah, well, obviously it wouldn't be that big a crowd. It'd be like a very smaller crowd. But it's not, because if you look, remember at the start of this, it's a fucking huge, a huge place. A place big enough that you've got to go this big long ghost train to get to hell. It's got all different areas, it's like centre parks. <laughs> Which is way smaller than anyone else I've said. <laughs> but, well, obviously the practicalities would need to be worked out, the logistics would need to be worked out, but I, I, I like the idea of it. <laughs> Do it in your house. Logistically, that's how you I was do going it. to do my house. I was going to turn my house into a home haunt. I was, there was a, remember that uh, program that was on Netflix and it was about home haunts. I was going to turn my home into a home haunt. Either build like a like a path up the side of my house and make my back garden like a scary maze for, during Halloween for the kids to come in. But then I thought, you know what? If, you know, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's you need to watch what you're doing there. Yeah, you seriously need to watch what you're yeah, doing. But I, I do have a disclosure for my work though, so it'll be fine. Do you say disclosure or restraining order? <laughs> disclosure. Ah, right. Um, right, so this is where I started to question the movie slightly. The ride breaks down. So I was like, right, let's see where it goes from here because I thought, are you try- Are you going to tell me that the the killer is controlling the ride and how, you know what I mean? And then you see that her friends and the cars are in front of her. The cars are moving independently. That Ghost Train, surely they're all moving on a track. You get like, when the one in front of you moves out, you get like you know, f- f- don't know, two to five meters before the the, the 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 it gets tight and pulls the next car round. That's is that yeah. how it works. You'd imagine so yeah. that they're all running on the same track rather than they're all being individual cars. So I was like, I don't understand how that's happened. But then she mm-hmm. sees guys with the masks on that we've seen before, and she's kind of pulling at the wee kind of um, restraint thing that holds you into the car. I'm like she could one hundred percent get out of that car. Yeah, 100%. A, a child, a child could have got out of that car. Yeah. So then the boy in the mask, like, you hear her screaming, and this is when you see her friends, their cars are still moving out fine, and they're like, no, she sounds as if she was freaking out, man, what's going on here? 
and then the car drives out and the boy's sitting in her like right in front of her face and, he, and she's fine and then they explain it away as if to say every now and again they'll make it break down for cars that have got solo riders on it and then they'll jump in scare the shit out of you and then move it on and I thought right okay I was going to question the logistics of how they break down etc but they somewhat explained it out that we do see that these, it with no enthusiasm these, at all. <laughs> yeah, these killer masks are part of the show, so that can kind of like lower their fear, or at least the girls, at least grade school's fear, who watched a murder that she wasn't sure of at the time, and now maybe she's worrying where Gavin is. That seeing that this, these masks in this pole part there was actually part of the show relaxes them a bit, and then moves them on to the next maze. But that's that's what I was want to find out at this point because we've seen now we've seen the masks actually been involved in the actual Hellfest. I wanted to know are, are the killer masks part of the show or is it just one killer who's dressed like some of the characters? Uh, that's at this point that's what I was trying to figure out. Yeah, right, okay. So this is them now in uh the bit the deadlands. And I get at some point they need to sign a waiver just to say that people can touch them. But they walk up and there's this point if you just there's just these like child-sized sack people that come walking out of this area and just take them by the hand and they're like okay well I guess we're going with these people then I'm like holy fuck would I shit go with those fucking minute sack people no way <laughs> absolutely no chance see oh, I thought at that point was how are they getting children to work in a park that has like a licensed bar Dwarfs. that late at night yeah I was thinking are they, are they doors they definitely weren't they had little children's hands uh, but like, it's just it seems so daft and like you again the characters probably wouldn't go hand in hand with the wee kids no they might but I would certainly wouldn't I don't think they would but this is actually where I put my, my, my note in that I mentioned before but it, it, it's like the tagline for M&D's I always think it's a ridiculous tagline because it's absolutely 100% not but this actual place it definitely seems like too much fun for just one day <laughs> yeah it would need to be like a five-day festival, a full-week festival. Yeah, to get everything done, especially yeah. the size of crowds that you, that you think was there. Like a glassmere type thing. But again, imagine that crowd going on a couple of ghost trains. But that's the thing, isn't it? If it was going to be like that, there would need to be more kind of live entertainment rather than it just being mazes. It would need well, to be like... Well, live entertainment is just these random people running past and shouldering you out of the way. Yeah, no, but it would need to be like... Sounds like exactly like Alice, Park. Alice Cooper and Rob Zombie and... Like ghost, you know that would be the, that would be the bill, and then you've got your ghost training, your your walk through mazes. Like Who, who's headlining in your gig there? Good lineup. Who's headlining? Who, who did I say? Rob Zombie, Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper's headlining. Alice Cooper, Rob Zombie, Ghost. That order. Yeah. After seeing Rob Zombie again at download this year, I'd say Alice Cooper, then Ghost, and then we'll just find somebody for the audience that knows what to do. Uh, get them up to stage <laughs> a guitar or that and they can play Rob Zombie can sit in the crowd and fucking watch and see how it should be done that's fair enough <laughs> you don't know how I feel about Rob Zombie <laughs> um, right you know what there's no way I can see that it's the Fright Fest um Aye, sorry. There's there's no way that I can see that it's the fest that's actually killing folk. 
So it must be a rogue within the park because it's too big and too intricate for them to have built it just to kill people and also to only kill a few people and let all the others just have fun. Like even if the killer has got like a job within the park and the organisers don't know, you know, that might be the case, but there's no way that the Hellfest knows what's going on. This is that's what I've decided at this point in the movie. Uh, but we truly decide that at the very start when it shows you the killer walking in and putting the mask on. Did it? Yeah, it shows you at the very beginning he him walking in and doing that clenched fist thing which he keeps doing for some fucking reason because it's meant to be scary. And he keeps clenching his fist and then he puts the mask on because what my notes at the very start is they've kind of ruined it by showing me the killer's kind of young face. So now I'm thinking if that was me, if I'm in the park, I'm definitely overpowering that guy that's a young guy. And he put the mask on so you know it's only one killer the whole time. Or you should. Oh. Well, that <laughs> must have been a short scene that I missed in which case I, that maybe that's why I I've got a completely different experience to the movie than you did. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're reading it way too much and thinking, oh my god, this is a conspiracy, the whole park's against them. <laughs> yeah, because I was, that's what I was saying, it was like the house is October built, so it was like the uh, uh, blue, blue, blue October, what did they call? Blue Oyster? Wait. Blue Skeleton. Blue Skeleton. <laughs> uh, but it was like the whole park was in it. Like the people who are organised, like the McKinney Manor stuff, It was they, they all knew it and they were all in it. Yeah. So that's I what I was thinking is that what Hellfest is. This kept showing you the first point of view of the killer. So that's that's why when they then shoot on the masks in at that point, like, oh, by the way, we use these masks in the park as well. Yeah. Just so happened to all have the, these same shitty masks. It's like, right, well, you should really have said that at the start. That the guy should have picked the mask up off a table of alarm of this, like, the, the same mask from behind the scenes or something. Right, whereas obviously he just brought that mask himself and he's just wearing that himself so everybody else would notice that that's the killer there. Yeah. It's silly, man. No, I mean, I, no, I, 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 I believe it. <laughs> but, so now, now they're in the, the Badlands part and they're in this maze and they get split up like, I don't know how the managed to split up there. Well, it's, it looks as if it's all supposed to set up to split all the people up. And uh, this is like the, the this is the clip that was the trailer that made me pick it. It's when the three girls are walking down the corridor that's got all the hands out it. And it gets mm-hmm. tighter and tighter. And as you get to the end, it's people's real hands and it grabs them. And two of the girls, Brooke and uh, Short here, get away and they run down the corridor. And then by the time uh, grad school uh, grade school gets out, the wall's already moved and it's a different corridor that she gets to run down. And she runs, and it turns into like an escape room that she's in because she's in this room and there's like somebody talking to her or it's like a recorded voice and it's saying, um, leave no bone unturned till you find the exit and things like that. I'm like, now it's very inter- interactive. Yeah. The, the boys end up in some kind of weird neon uh, Gotham City looking set up place that then has a big fucking full-size train driving after them. <laughs> Yeah, what was that all about? <laughs> I, I, I know that's actually a bit that's a bit dodgy because if that was actually part of the real thing, that's probably actually dangerous in terms of somebody could trip up and get run over that big stupid train. No, no speed at all, and it stopped about fucking twenty feet before the end of the wall did. So, yeah. And also, is it like the haunted house is meant to 
get your, your biggest fears and things that are believable that they would be in that haunted house. You're not going to walk in and go, oh my god, a train! <laughs> and believe that it's coming out the wall at you. That was a, that was a stupid part. That, yeah, that was, that was kind of stupid. <laughs> but this is when we get another kill. And this is when our guy, uh, Asha, I believe his name mm-hmm. is, he finds himself split up and alone. And this is when the guy comes to get him. Knocks him down onto some dead bodies or mannequins. And then goes to stab him. The killer's got to stab him in the eye. And his eye stab, it's they stab him right through the eye. And it, it, it kind of harkbacks to Fulci, I think, mm-hmm. that um, eye stab. But it's also quite good practical effects. Because they've got like the eyeball and the face, they've got that all moving for a while like before they go in. It's not like the guy's actual face and it's quick cut to like the, 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 the dummy. They've got whatever practical effect they've used to make it look like eye and face. Yeah. It is moving all the way. And it's I think it looks pretty good. They did, they did. That was again an cool but yeah. Um, but again, I, I'd I'd hate to get stabbed. That would be horrible. And in real life, Asher would have kicked the guy's cunt in because Asher was buff as fuck. Yeah, life. yeah, he's massive pecs, isn't he? <laughs> Done his press ups. <laughs> um, no, I'd, it's I'd, yeah. I'd, okay, I'll agree with you. He probably would have been able to fight him off. But do you know what? There's do you want know to remind me of saying there that it harks back to, to, to Fulci? It also, if you think of the masks that the guys are wearing, do you want know to remind me of? Remember the masks that they wore in Scream 2 when they were doing the play? And she's running yeah. about and it's, that, they kind of looked at the same kind of face shapes as that. I wonder yeah. if, there was like, if that was in, intentional or not. Um, But I've got to get the dynamics now about to change because the short-haired girl's man is now dead. And now it'll be more than grade school that's uh, freaking out. Because right now she's freaking out that Gavin's not there, but they're like, no, I'll be fine, Gavin will come back, he'll come back. But now somebody else went missing. Now they're starting to think, oh, fuck, this is, there is something happening here. Yeah, like 25 minutes too late. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but to distract them, some actor from the Badlands comes over and like throws up some kind of jelly sick over grade school. I don't, I don't know why. This is this is the kind of thing, isn't it? Like in these movies, like that is part of Hellfest, right? But then that then leads them into the next room that leads them into the toilet where the next part of the killer's stuff happens. You know what I mean? Like, is this is he watching them all the time and finding out where they're going so he can follow them, or is it are we just not supposed to think about where he's going behind the scenes? You know? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like there's she didn't need to get sicked on there. If she wasn't sicked on, then she wouldn't have went to the toilet. If she didn't go to the toilet, then he couldn't have come in to get her. But he would have just got her Somebody elsewhere. Else. He's yeah. probably just following her. Yeah. So they, they go into the toilet, her and Brooke go into the toilet, and they're getting cleaned up. And uh, they make plans because they've not seen each other for a while. And they make plans because they've always wanted to go to Spain. So let's go to Spain. I was like, oh, sounds weird. Like, my Americans make a big deal about going somewhere like Spain. I go there for 30 quid, mate. <laughs> not, not anymore. I know, and Thomas Cook. <laughs> <laughs> did you write, did you know what though, right? So she, she gets. Um, she's getting she's getting cleaned up and, and Brooke decides just to leave in the bathroom to get finished mm-hmm. and she's drying her hair do you see that fucking hand dryer why was it above the mirror why was that so fucking high <laughs> I get it she's drying her hair in it so they've obviously just put her up high so she doesn't need to bend down but there's surely there's that's not a thing and there's no thing in guys toilets surely it's not a thing in lassie's toilets that the, the, the hand dryer or the, no. or the dryer is up so high that you regularly dry your hair with it <laughs> you would, you would have to 
own a toilet and operate a toilet somewhere where there are freak thunderstorms constantly and a woman would actually need to get out of the toilet just to dry her hair. In any places like that, I think they actually have hand dryers at the toilet that you can use. It's yeah. like hair dryers, actual proper hair dryers. It's so stupid. Because when she was in the mirror, I was like, I said to Lena, I mean, why the fuck is that hand dryer so high? <laughs> that was that was a really really strange decision from the uh, from the set design team. Um, so after she's finished that, she then decides to go for a piss, and she's sitting. So what do you do when you're in the toilet? You get your phone out. Obviously, we all do it. And she texts Gavin, her boyfriend, or a guy she just smitched, and she's like, "Wonder where he is?" Because do you know what? They're all they're all smitching, and I'm 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 missing out on some smitching time here because. <laughs> I know I study a lot, I know I've got a scholarship, but I was right up for it earlier, and now he's just pissed off, so I'm going to text him. So when she texts him, she hears a phone go off like instantly, as if, you know, like, well, I just text, and now I can hear a phone? That's that's weird. If I text Gavin, and then I thought I heard it go off next to me, <laughs> I would text my pals who are outside the toilet and say, Oys, get in here right fucking now. That weird cunt that's been chasing us about this park for fucking the last 45 minutes, I think he's in here now, and I'm actually quite scared, so go on and come in. What did she do? But she takes him back. She takes him again, aye. <laughs> oh, my God. And she still does not when she hears it ring again, that's it. Oh, maybe that is Gavin's phone. Yeah, but, but then we get the telltale sign of the big boots with the, with the ripped the ripped toes so we so we know you know now we can identify which one of these masks is the killer see right and I've got a pair of boots that I wear just now to work and they've got a hole quite close to the kind of front of them where the leather's ripped every day that hole gets bigger and looks worse this killer had those boots on at the first kill which was meant to happen what three years before this that hole has not changed those boots have not been cleaned or got dirty. Maybe there is kill boots though. Of course, because nobody would comment on the giant boots with a hole in the toe that were in the cupboard. Oh, honey, how come you never wear them? Oh, sorry, love, they are my kill boots. <laughs> <laughs> this, this part of the movie is one of the things that does annoy me about this movie, right? So she sees the boots and the boy standing outside the cubicle door and he starts, he starts like banging on the door. So she tries to call 911 and you look at the phone. Call failed. She can text, yep. receive text and send text, but, but 911 failed. 911 emergency calls ping off every network and like fucking satellites to make sure that they always go through. You don't fail a 911 call. Yeah. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. And then she climbs underneath the stalls, but like the way she climbs underneath the stalls, like there's one point where like her ass actually comes out underneath the door. So there's no way in hell the boy who's banging it can't see like part of her coming outside. You know, she climbs underneath the like he knows fine well where she's went. Yeah. But then are you meant to maybe think that this is still a guy that just works at the park because he's seen her. And he's just still trying to scare her. Or do you think it is just they've not paid attention to that and they just think, oh, Abdul just believe that she would get away? Yeah, no, I think I think she was supposed to like slide under without coming out and like to, to be invisible from the from the other side. Right. Okay. I think she, I think it's been a like a practicality of how hard it is actually to slide under fucking bathroom stalls. 
Have you ever tasted your trident? Well, I just don't think... Well, see, Americans have got, like, so much room underneath it because they're creepy-peavy bastards, so... Why... Why... In fact, Leah asked that. Why is there so much of a gap at the bottom of the toilets? Like, at the front as well? The front and the sides? Yeah, but I don't know why... I don't know why they do it. You can literally... You can see any angle you want. You can look into, a, into an American cubicle. I think it's weird when... British cubicles have got spaces at the top and the bottom. Just put what? Just put the walls right up to the roof. I don't understand. <laughs> just seal me in a safe. Yeah. It's my yeah, private just business. Yeah, so just so you can see the shoes. Uh, so you know who owns the dick that's coming through the glory hole. Yeah. And like, if it's a pair of Crocs, I'm like, well, I'm not putting that in my mouth. But if it's maybe, I know you would fucking turn the crocs away, man, for sure. I remember <laughs> maybe just a, a, a nice pair of Hugo Boss. Look, like, uh, I suppose obviously get money, so I'll take I'll take one of the gums for him. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever remember FHM magazine? Yeah, I used to read the FHM magazine when, like, I was when I was like an early teenager, and I used to think this the stuff they wrote in there was like gospel of how to be like an adult. And one of the tips it told you is if you get horny when you're at shopping, <laughs> if you're horny when you're at shopping, take your missus into the toilet, make her stand. No. Yeah, you go into the lassie's toilet and she sits in the pan. You stand with your feet in two shopping baskets. So you put your feet in two Tesco bags and then she gives you a blowjob so that if anybody looks underneath the, underneath the cubicle, it's just a woman with a shopping in the toilet. <laughs> and I remember reading this thinking, wow, what is that? Is that what you do? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Surely somebody would think it's quite weird watching a woman and a guy running into a toilet with two empty baskets. Well, it didn't. It didn't tell me the practicalities of that part. It didn't tell me how you get into the toilet. It just says when you're in there. It also was something about how to guarantee a woman an orgasm that you stop after thirty-five minutes and ask her if you want the language. <laughs> <laughs> Take a break and make a sandwich and something to drink. <laughs> <laughs> so you go, I mean, never accepted a sandwich after me, but I keep asking him because it's a gym told me. I was going to say, how many times have you tried it? But uh. oh, that's so good. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, um, right. So yeah, I'd actually forgot Tony Todd was in this movie, and now he appears. I he must think he owed somebody a favour. Yeah, he's, not, he's hardly in it. He's in it for literally five, five, ten minutes. But what else does Tony Todd do just now? It's just like we cameo parts are conventions, so if somebody says I'll give you a couple of hundred quid to just be in a movie. Yeah, I suppose, yeah I suppose so. Because obviously I liked him from Nightmare uh, and uh, Night Living Dead remake. Yeah. Everybody knows him from Candyman. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's it's been smaller budget parts, isn't it? It's been like eventually hitting Rob Zombie movies and then the Hatchet movies and stuff like that. Yeah, and he's almost yeah. just playing his hatchet character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's obviously excellent in Candyman, and Final Destination is good mm. and stuff. But yeah, it, it does seem weird. A lot of his characters are similar, but all cameo characters are similar. So there's obviously only so much you can do in such a short space of time. Yeah. Um. Right. Aye. So. Tony Todd, he's he's like a kind of big voodoo priest guy, and he's like put on a he's like a live show, and it turns out that uh, our short-haired lassie has volunteered to be part of this show. And she's up on the stage, and she's like she's playing along with Tony Todd, who's saying that you're a virgin. She's like, ah, I'm not a virgin. And he's like, oh, you've uh, you've sinned. He says, ah, yeah, I've I've done a couple of laps around the the twelve deadly sins, and you know, there's seven deadly sins, and everybody's having guffawing, hee-hawing, laughing. 
and they strap her up to a guillotine. And then, uh, then uh, grade schools are ah, something's not right. And you're like, what is it you think's not right about this? Because I get it. That's obviously for the next part of the movie. She's like, oh, she had to be feared. She had to like kind of run and try and stop this from happening. But what is it she didn't get? Because we see the the guy, the executioner, who's dressed like an executioner, walk round to take the handle of the guillotine after she's been uh, short hair's been strapped into this thing, and she's telling her pals, no, something, something's not right here. Everything about that seemed right until eventually we get a camera pan to show the hole in the boots. Like, do you know what I mean? Also, from where she was standing, there's no way she could have seen these boots. Yeah. Yeah. But she I, I agree with that. Yeah. She, she runs over and she gets stopped with security and it's like slow motion and she's screaming, but it's quiet. You can't hear her because it's like slow motion effect. And then phew, down comes the guillotine and boosh off with her head. I was quite lucky that the dummy head with the same kind of hair, though, eh? <laughs> the same punk, slightly lesbian-looking haircut. Yeah. Can I say that? Yeah, I... <laughs> well, you did. <laughs> I can, can I say that and keep that in? <laughs> uh, which obviously should put out that uh, while a lot of lesbians do have short hair, they do not need to have short hair. <laughs> it's up to them. Yeah, we'll that... see. I might, yeah, we'll see. I might cut that. <laughs> So it turns out that it was it was all part of the act. She's alive. But Way. Yeah. Still but, waiting on her dying. Still waiting. Now for some reason they shut the curtains and then everybody just says leaves her, leaves the member of the public, leaves the paying customer attached to the guillotine with the security <laughs> saying, You you get her, leaves the one guy who's dressed as the executioner to sort to like fix it. See now it definitely sounds like M and D's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we obviously have already seen that the executioner is actually the killer because he's got his ripped rip boots and what he does is um, sh- puts her back into it and moves her back into position um, rather than in the fake position for the trick to work and uh, yeah then he just drops the guillotine on her but it's obviously not a proper guillotine or certainly not a sharp guillotine that just rattles right into the back of your neck And but do you know what see at this point I was like Oh, this is actually, this is going to be really good, because I thought we knew that our characters outside were like they were wrestling with security, trying to like figure it was happened. I knew that they were trying to run and try and find it, and I thought it was going to be like a a race against time between short hair getting properly like him just pulling the guillotine up right down and seeing her face as she like slowly goes through and it hits her spine and then you see maybe her arms and like legs going limp <laughs> and then eventually like cutting the head off and maybe practical effects that it's some some skin and, and like tendons and muscles and stuff was hit, holding the head on at the neck and then maybe around they just kind of use these wee knife to cut the, the last bits and get the head off I thought this is going to be brutal and horrible and minging but no he just lifts it up and she manages to get herself out and she runs away like the rest of this movie it fell flat. <laughs> yeah. But it's like she runs away. So she, she runs away. I don't know what part she runs out of, but she runs up like and her friends are outside with security. She runs away to, you know what I mean? We are the complete opposite direction. She runs through hundreds yeah. of crowd. The big room with the big signs that say, do not go here, go the other way. Turn back, turn back. And she runs in. And then like he catches up where, the killer catches up where. And just she turned turn around and just I think he, he slices in the face like a like a slap slice in the face and then goes to stab her and he stabs her like in the chest. And you hear like members of the public like, Well that that's that's real. 
but he stabs her at the exact same time as uh, Brooke's boyfriend catches up and says, like, says, whoa, whoa, mate. And he turns around and just stabs him instantly. And the public starts screaming. We now know and I've got confirmation there's a killer in this park. But in terms of like a practical effects style movie, the it was, it was there was nothing extra about those two deaths, and they were fast, like boom, boom, both dead, both stabbings. That's it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like practical effects, like as in one of those wee knives with a retractable blade, and it's in the stomach. And yeah. after the big hammer smash, yeah, and the eye poke, that that's what you're going to kind of nearly finish on. Yeah, and that's what I, after that after the hammer smash and the eye poke, I was expecting that guillotine to be like a major part, like a really really go for it brutal head chop off I thought that's this is going to be brilliant and it really it didn't go there at all it just went yeah. for a plain stabbing and the only cool thing is that the killers actually get a knife that acts the same as see the golden gun from Goldeneye in the <laughs> Nintendo 64 <laughs> yeah. one stab and you die instantly there's no screaming there's no like bleeding out it's just as soon as it touches you you are dead yeah and realistically people can be stabbed and survive a shit ton so yeah. like it's, it's instant death utter utter nonsense and it's also going to be sad because I'd never ever managed to get the golden gun in N64 any I was ever playing with would never let me use the gun <laughs> and I'm upset about that I'm just thinking back to the graphics man they were so shit it's an excellent game oh, it was a great game definitely 100% my pal Gary brought it in for our uh, common room when we were in like fifth or sixth year, uh, and we just sat playing Goldeneye, and it was still amazing, even though that was like what fucking fifty or twenty years after it actually came out. Well, not quite as much as that. Is it not? No, no. Fifty? Do you say fifty years? Fifteen. Oh, fifteen. Obviously, no, it was the 50 years old. <laughs> aye, 50, aye, 19, 1997. Aye. Yeah. Fucking hell, man. <laughs> anyway, that's nice to remember this ago. Now, we better than this film, so let's just finish this up. Right. They jump in, they go into the final maze, and this is, we're now two girls left, two lassies left, and they're getting chased through the final maze. Because again, why do they not go back to security and say, look, seriously, somebody's fucking killing, there's two dead bodies in the middle of your, your park. Gonna get us out of here, get the police. They get into the final maze. I don't know why. The final maze doesn't seem any scarier than any of the previous ones, though. Like, obviously, greeting babies are scary, but it still seems relatively normal in terms of, you know, where it's supposed to be. Uh, the hell door was pretty cool, though. They had to go through a door into hell. Mm. Uh, then they find themselves in a, a room full of white faces, but that just felt like Kelvin Grove Museum. Mm. With all the floating heads. Yeah, it did, actually. So, in, in this, I think in this part, like, the, the lassies somehow managed to trick him and uh, grade school comes out and starts battling she's, she's battling with a plastic mannequin arm now even though you'd feel it that that would be sore it's not like a baseball bat that's a plastic mannequin arms it's not going to be it's probably hollow for a start it's yeah. not going to weigh a lot do you know it's not going to be like that particularly sore especially if you're a killer yeah but in a reality that a pen knife can kill you with one one thrust. Maybe that mannequin arm is like being hit with a fucking mess. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's. I suppose that's the, that's a reality when he face. I mean, he might be a pussy, and that's why he's killing folk, stabbing folk because he's he's a pussy. Mm-hmm. 
See, what I don't get the killer's motivation. See if he wants to kill loads of people. Yeah. Why didn't he just kill that wee lassie at the start and then ignore the one that spotted them, get away from her quickly because obviously she's clocked him, and find another one that's no seen him yet, kill her and keep going about? Why follow them around the park? Because you already know she's on edge. Do you want to kill her or do you just want to scare them? Because then why are you killing them? Yeah, because if it's, if it's led to believe that the killing that was like three years ago was just the one person that died in that park. Yeah. So, so if, is he? And he, he, you know he's not targeting folk because the first girl died just because she banged into him and was a snidey wee bitch. And then our main girl and the rest of them, we know they've not been picked. So it's just like, what well, I, don't, I don't get where this character's meant to be. Yeah, because if he just killed the stripy t-shirt last at the very start... Even if her main character watched that happen, that could have just gave him like a like a thrill boner, and he just goes away with his mask, and then just you know that's another one killed. Wait yeah. a couple of years, and he'll go back again. Got away with it because she'd have been thinking for ages. Well, that looked really fucking real. Her boyfriend yeah. would have died, so they'd all went on and finished Hellfest, probably got smashed, and then like had a whole day hangover. And the day after, they'd be looked at the news and said, "Fucking hell, man, somebody died in Hellfest." And like, do you know what? I think I, I think I seen that. I better go and tell the police and they'll say, would you remember? And you'll say, do you know what? I was fucking smashed at my tits. I can't remember anything. He was wearing a mask, but it was the same mask that everybody was wearing in there, so I can't tell you any more information. And they'd be like, fuck, guys, dead end. I don't know what to do. <laughs> but they're also, you've got to be in the reality where she decides to phone 911 and, oh, shit, her phone doesn't con- <laughs> connect to 911. Yeah, only place in the whole fucking damn world that so she, so she can't admit to the cops that she's seen it so she's just got to sit on it and keep it quiet and just know that forever she'll feel a wee bit guilty that maybe she could have saved that lassie that movie would have been more exciting mm-hmm, well can I ask a question <laughs> about this final maze yes why are there no more punters in it uh, we've talked quite a lot about the crowds at Hellfest it's because they were like that's after the two stabbings a lot of people have seen that so they all started oh, kind of scamping yeah that's right okay so maybe people are leaving right fair enough okay yeah. fair enough fair enough um, so yeah so this is walking up towards the end so it's like a our, our girl Brooke is like she's been slitting the leg and she's fell to the deck and she's kind of crawling backwards away from the, the killer who's slowly walking up towards him and she's walking through all the trigger points and these weed doors are open and like mannequins and clown masks are behind it and their recordings are coming laughing over the thing. And you get to the last door and the sensor goes off and then it opens up and then who's inside it? Grade school's inside it. How the fuck did she get behind that door? <laughs> these are got to be cupboards, right? These are got to be like, those mannequins are put in from the outside. They're not put in, there's not, the way fucking secret entrances behind that. How the fuck did she get in there? sitting waiting for him to walk past and when she does open the door it literally feels like it does take her forever to stab him he just looks yeah. turned around looks in slow motion and it's not in slow motion and takes forever to stab him and then like they go around they think they run around the corner she picks up Brooke and they run around the corner and the police come running in and they all come busting in and like the two police run in and point guns at the lassies who so get their hands up and that's enough they're like alright fair enough and they just run past do you know what I, mean? <laughs> I thought the police in America just shot you for fucking coughing. I don't know, understand why they just got let, let go just because they had their hands up. No, because neither of them were black. <laughs> well, no, Brooke was. Aye, she should have been shot right there. Right. Oh, shit, yeah. 
the post arrived and I thought, see if this is all a prank. Like, see if it's some massive, massive elaborate prank and all our pals are still alive. I'm going to be fucking super pissed. Uh, but no, the, the post runs in the corner and the guy who's just been stabbed, the killer, has managed to fuck off. Classic. And then we follow him home. And it's reminiscent of the scene at the start where he's walking out of the park, except he walks out of the house and there's a wee blonde girl. And you think, oh, is he going to kill her? And she wakes up and she says, oh, daddy. And she runs at him and he goes and hugs her. And it's made to be like, oh, this is just a normal family man doing the killings. How scary is that? I uh, I was not worried at that last scene whatsoever. That was quite clear that that wee lassie was his daughter. Like, I did not think that she was going to get killed. Well, that's... Did you, did you think he was going to kill the wee lassie? No, no. Because no, no. the team at the start, I, can, I, I just figured that... Uh, so, I figured it wouldn't be cool if he if he did took a mallet and smashed that wheel as his head in like the guy earlier <laughs> then that this movie would have then got a wee extra star from me I'd be like right do you know what that was a bold move at the end there I'm happy with that but the way it ended I thought it was absolutely stupid but he walks in he walks in the, the, he walks in through the garage and it's like all these tools and stuff and he, he puts the mask inside this cupboard it, look, he's got trophies in there there's a mask from each haunt he's ever been at. So this, the cupboard suggests he's done it at least six times, not just the one time that they talked about before. However, one of the masks was literally like a, a bright red plastic devil mask. There's no way, there's absolutely no way that it, that it just looks so daft. But it looks as like if he's taken, there's a, there's a photos hanging up inside the, the the cupboard of people he's killed and he obviously put in the photo, the photo booth photos that he's stolen earlier on and watching our main characters. The, all the girls look very similar, the ones he's got pictures of. Brunettes, slim, you know, that's that's the description. Um so it means if he's if as if he actually is targeting specific girls. I think there was more to our killer, but it just isn't explained to you. But I think I think the idea of who the killer is was thought out by the writers, just not put into the movie. And we don't even get to see his face, which I actually quite enjoy. But can I ask a question before we finish it off? Just going back slightly to when he was stabbed and he ran away. Mm-hmm. You telling me, right, in the whole of Hellfest, that there is absolutely no CCTV footage. <laughs> absolutely no CCTV footage in that whole entire place. Also, the fact that he was stabbed, we can see the hunters of blood left on the floor. That's DNA. Do you know? Yeah. Maybe so, he's not in the system, though. If he's not in the system, they can't find him. Mm. Because he's managed to evade the police up until now. I don't know how, because he's got a cupboard openly in his garage that has different death masks and photos of dead teens who went missing years ago. MD could walk in that garage and see that cupboard, but yeah, he still manages to get away with it. Every time. This movie's silly. Very what, silly. <laughs> what did you think? Do you want me you give my final round uh, up right aye you give yours and I'll give mine right <laughs> this movie I loved it I absolutely loved it do you know what I really really liked it I felt that the characters <laughs> were believable I felt the scenarios were believable I felt that the time frame for the killer to get from place to place within the park all seemed legit to me it didn't seem as if he was like a superhero I loved the idea that a killer could easily walk anonymously into the park like that and pick a few targets and then get out undetected the only issues i'd have is i'm still getting out after the police were called since you'd have to believe that if uh, away fully undetected the last time 
and also like the blood he left behind, that would just lead to him being caught for sure. So that's my only kind of issues that, that. But maybe that's why there won't be a. There should never be a sequel because he will eventually get caught. Uh, other than that, though, it's a solid four, and I just I did mean to to rate it out of. So I rate it out of scare shits. You know when you get scared that much, you shit yourself. Four uh, scare shits out of five. I've never been that scared of shit myself. Well, obviously it doesn't come all the way out, but it's the same as like the breaking in shits. You know when you you just need to, you need to do a jobby. Yeah, we nervous ones. Four of them. Four scare shits out of five. Uh, I, the only bit of your ending that I agree with is that there should definitely not be a sequel. Because nobody wants to see that. <laughs> I especially do not. This, I don't know if I was in a mood before it or not. I don't think I was, because I like the practical kills with the head. And I thought, see if they do this, it's okay. I, I can I can then start to enjoy it. But it's as if they spunked all the practical effect budget in those two kills, the hammer and the eye, and that was it. So the end, it just felt so flat. Like the, the exciting part, the fun part was... That brief spell in the middle. The characters I don't think were likeable at all. The concept of a massive festival, horror festival, with queued rides that ran as smoothly as that, apart from this one guy who we kind of see at the start and has no motivation. I don't understand why he's killing or why these people are getting it. It just seems silly. And it felt a wee bit like... Because everyone else on Letterboxd is getting quite positive reviews. I heard a lot of folks saying it was a good watch. I think uh, Dean in the group as well had posted. He was watching it a few weeks ago and I'm sure he enjoyed it. And I was like, am I am I missing something here? It's a bit like Terrifier. See, everyone raved about it and it was a load of shite. That's kind of how I felt about this. I, I agree with you remarks from Terrifier I also thought it was an absolute shite I thought it was I didn't think there was a point to it I, but I, I did like this I just I thought the characters were so silly they were so, they were so teeny teeny pop Disney this is a teeny pop Disney PG horror which would see if they just went full of that made it quite cartoonish like the big mallet would go kind of killer clowns out of space big giant mallets and stuff that would be fun, but they, they then try to still make it a slightly more adult horror, but with weak kid characters, and it just, yeah. See, I didn't think they were weak at all. I, I actually believed them. I thought they were well-rounded. I thought, as, even though they had kind of different personalities, I thought that they were, I thought they were enough that they felt real. Do you know? Nah. I totally, no, I was I was totally on board with Absolutely. Yeah, and I actually, I actually own this. I watched this on Netflix, but I own it on Blu-ray. I got it in a bundle one Christmas or birthday ago, and I've, I'd never watched it. But I'm going to, I'm going to watch it again uh, in October. Definitely, I will sit down with Lauren and watch it. And hopefully, she enjoys it as well, and it become one of our regular Halloween watches every year. No, don't invite me around to that one. <laughs> I would give it a two point five. It's not as bad as Terrifier. I don't think anything is. <laughs> uh, maybe that Lindsay Lohan thing. Yeah, uh, but. Yeah, two, two and a half. I, I can't give it a three because I, I wouldn't watch it again. I would YouTube the two deaths if I really wanted to see them again. I couldn't sit through those characters. Yes, fair enough. Yeah, so, sorry Scott. Your choice was shite. <laughs> I stand by it. And we'll see what the group thinks. We'll see what the group thinks. I bet they'll all like it. They'll all like well, it. And I don't I don't get it. If I've missed something in it, which I can't I don't think I have, then 
feel free to come and explain to me what I've missed and what I maybe should have seen that I didn't. But as it stands, Hellfest can go straight in the bin. Uh, so we'll be back after this to close out the show. It was just an ordinary day in Frying Pan City until... Pooh-wee, what is that smell? Ugh, it's horrid. What a horrid smell. It smells like fried piss. I think it smells more like a dead breast. Smells more like bear shit to me. You're right, folks, it does smell. It smells like trouble. Oh, God, not him. Just pretend you didn't see him. Don't worry, good citizens. Bart Faceman is on the case. He is such a dick. I'm not a dick, but I am addicted to crime. Well, well, fighting it, that is. God, I hope he dies. The main story tonight, this city smells. It smelt a bit before, but not this bad. The smell is said to be like bacon cooked in piss. This video shows a man actually trying to run away from the smell. But we're not all that stupid. Most of us have just simply bought these special pegs that prevent the smell from entering the nasal region. They're just like regular pegs but cost thrice as much. The news was brought to you by Jettis Walker Nasal Pegs. Spider. After two years of secret development in our secret labs, we finally created the worst smell ever. <laughs> it smells like a bag of dead cats. I call it Pedgeron because it sounds like it smells. So, it was you that made the city stink. No, it was you. No, no, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't you. No, it wasn't. Uh-huh. Oh, no, I have no time for squabbles. I must end you. Oh, yeah? Man Spider. Release Anger Man. Anger Man? Now that we have made you weak with fear, we shall call you names until you bleed. No! Turd burglar. Faggot. Shit bitch. Enough! So you've won this round, bastard man. But people will get used to the smell eventually, and you'll have to create an even worse one. Anger man, give him a golden shower. Uh, no, don't do that. No. <laughs> and what became of this wet mess? Did Bert Face Man run off and tell again? And what about Rockhead Rumple? But I'm not a superhero or a villain, Mr. Bert Face Man. I, I'm just a regular guy. <laughs> I'll annihilate you for crossing the path of Rockhead Rumple. Nope, I'm adding you to my list marked villains. No, cross it off. Don't put me on the list. No. No, sir. Ah, cross it off, you dickhead. You're a dickhead. Not one. Hmm, that was clearly filler material. So, have you watched anything else this week? Uh, no, I've not really watched anything actually, to be honest with you. I'll be working on us again. I think that's a bit. Aye. We managed to catch Between Two Ferns, the movie, I on seen, Netflix. I've seen the advert 
advert for it when I was looking. Uh, I can't believe that. Did I just say advert? Fuck's sake. <laughs> I seen the advert for it when I, when I picked Hellfest, and I was like, that's weird. And then I watched it, and I thought, that's actually quite interesting. Have you, ever, have you never watched the actual episodes? No, no, but I am aware of what it is. All right. Uh, I fucking love those episodes. I think Between Two Friends is hilarious. Watch the movie. Nah. No. It doesn't work. And it's such a shame to see it because it's got such a good cast. The the, the celebrities that are in it are excellent. Zach Galifianakis is excellent. It's just, it's, it's strange. There were some funny jokes and then it just kind of fell a wee bit flat. But if you, if you manage to, well you will manage to get through it, it's not an unpleasant watch. It's just not as funny as the show as it should be. But the very end is outtakes like with Paul Rudd and stuff like that, and those are good because you see all the actors absolutely creasing mm-hmm. and like trying hard to hold it together. That's the best part of it, but I was I was quite disappointed. Still, I gave it a, a three out of five, but I thought it could be funnier. Hmm. Uh, I'll, so, I'll, probably, I'll probably get rid of it at some point. All right. I need to watch that Marianne thing. Is it called yeah, Marianne? Yeah, I think so. I People have been talking about that. Yeah, I fancy that. Okay, good. Maybe watch that this week. Yeah. Uh, you up to anything this week? Um, t- tomorrow, um, Lauren and I are heading to Edinburgh. Uh, by the time you listen to this episode, I will have already been and done it, I guess. Uh, we're going to Edinburgh for an overnight. We're going to see Mamma Mia on the stage. I got Lauren the tickets for her birthday back in uh, June, so this is it coming round. I thought, because uh, I bought two tickets, I thought she can ask whoever she wants. Um, she, she said, well, obviously I'll ask you. I was like, Okay, thank you. Why not? Um, <laughs> I wish you'd ask someone else. <laughs> yeah. So I got myself a new T-shirt to wear um, to Mamma Mia, and it is a ABBA in the style of uh, black metal. It's written in black metal, and it's uh, get the it's silhouettes of the four <laughs> four um, members of ABBA on the front. I thought that'd be quite funny to wear to the theater uh, for, for the stage performance of Mamma Mia. It's, Ooh, in yeah. theater jokes. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But there was other ones after I bought this one as well. There was other ones that had actually corpse paint on on the, the band. I thought, oh, fuck, that would have been good. But do you know what? The joke's just what it is. I bought this and it arrived today, which is the day, Tuesday, and it's so, so, um, almost like it's actually the worst made T-shirt I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's fucking reeking of vinegar when I opened up the packet. It was like I don't even know what it. I don't even know why. See when you were making your Scott Liam T-shirts, did you, did you need to like seal it off with like some kind of vinegar? Chemically stuff. Uh, you you can for the platen you'll spray it with like a kind of glue adhesive spray. Also, incidentally, if anyone's got a t-shirt and feels anything kind of sticky inside, that's all it is. It will wash off. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody has complained about that, but just while you bring it up. So, so that, it's, but it doesn't. It smells like gl- glue rather than vinegar. I think somebody's just spilled vinegar on the top. I, I, I literally <laughs> opened it, looked at it, put it in my kitchen, like over the, the chair in the dining room, and then done whatever was the rest, of, the rest I was doing in my break. Went back into the kitchen before I went back to work, and I was like, the whole kitchen was stinky vinegar. I was like, that's that, that's that T-shirt. I had to put it in the wash. I had to, I had to wash it. And the thing is, it says it's pre-shrunk cotton. I think that's bullshit. I think by the time I put it on the morrow, it would already be like a fucking um, Zach Morris crop top on me. So you're going to look the part sitting in uh, Mamma Mia with the tiniest little top fucking reeking of vinegar. <laughs> Aye. Sign Abitunes. So it's going to be one hell of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. Actually, you, what, you need to put a picture up of you wearing the t-shirt if it has shrunk. Promise oh, me, aye. if it's shrunk, you'll do it. Yeah, but out in public? 
No, just I will. You've got you've got to post it in the Facebook group or the Flick Chat right. or Instagram. Yeah, of course, of course, of course, of course. Okay, cool. Uh, well, I hope you enjoy, Mamma Mia. And yes. Reeking clays. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll be back next week. Episode one hundred and ten, which, as it goes, it's about five episodes. We've got to give the group a pick. Are you aware of that, Scott? Fine. Yeah, are you okay with it? Why not? What, what actually, was it the last thing? They are getting better. They're getting better. There's more people getting involved and it is getting better. It's more rounded uh, representation of who we are and what we're about. What was the last one? I can't even remember. Nah, I can't remember. But it was good, though, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a good one. I vaguely remember enjoying it. Uh, we need to stop going away for so long. Yeah. Our brains can't keep up. Uh, so yeah, catch us on scotlandvsevil.com, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, over on the Flick Chat, where the chat is still happening. People are joining in, apart from one person who left. I know. You know who you are. We don't, but you do. Just come back in, or fuck off. Uh, yeah, come and chat to us, and see you guys next week. See you later. <laughs> Yeah.